I love that you guys are just just chill in general. It's just great. I've always loved the pastor here, uh, Travis, and and all the people. So it's just wonderful to be here. And uh, again, it's just an, it's it's an honor and a privilege. So. Uh, before I jump in, I just kind of uh, want to give you guys a little update on what I'm doing, uh, just because I know a lot of people have, everywhere I go, are always wondering, oh, are you still a morning star or not, or blah, blah, blah. And, uh, so I just want to give a little update with that. But I do want to say this first. As he was saying, Nikita Koloff is coming. I don't know if y'all know who that is. I'm an old fan of professional wrestling. And when I say an old fan, I still watch professional wrestling every week. WWE, AEW, judge me all you want. I don't care. I love it. All right? Uh, I, I, I've been to WrestleMania twice. I mean, listen, don't get me started. But anyway, Nikita Koloff is an old wrestler from the 80s. I've actually become good friends with him, been on his show, love him, but he is an awesome guy. I'm telling you, if you want this church packed, just go to some like wrestling conventions, find them, and tell them Nikita Koloff's coming. This place will be swarmed with wrestling fans. Just use it as like an evangelical kind of situation. Just say, maybe you can get Nikita to cut like a wrestling promo, get him to wrestle somebody. You can have this place packed. That's all I'm saying. So you should get excited about Nikita Koloff. He's coming, especially if you're a wrestling fan. So anyway, um, yeah, a little bit of an update of what I'm doing. Uh, I was with Morningstar for 17 years, uh, moved to... uh, to Fort Mill and in 2005, went to the school there, at the School of Ministry, uh, back in 2005 through 2007, and then kind of, you know, did some living, uh, you know, uh, for a few years, and then in 2010 came on staff, so I was on staff for uh, 12, 13 years, uh, and then just recently, uh, I and by the way, when I was on staff, I was the worship director and the communications director, so I was in charge of multimedia, marketing, conferences, publications, all that kind of stuff, and the worship and the worship school. Uh, and one of my worship school students, who's the visitor today, is here. I didn't even know she was coming. This is Ruth. Uh, she was uh, a first year this past year. Uh, but anyway, um, so uh, this past fall, I all of a sudden had a transition in my life uh, that I wasn't expecting with a group called Awaken the Dawn. How many of you guys have ever heard of Awaken the Dawn? All right, so Awaken the Dawn is an uh, organization that started in 2017. It was all this kind of supernatural thing that happened. They did this event on the mall in D.C., had about 50,000 people show up. Uh, and they did it with Lou Engel and some other guys. Uh, and since then, they've been doing these uh, tent events where they bring a big 3,000-person tent, and they go in the city for about three days, and they do um, public worship and gospel proclamation for 24-7 for three days. And so, you know, we, we, we do that. So anyway, I started kind of getting involved with them. They invited me to do worship for some stuff, and I was like, sure, you know, it's one of those things. And And anyway, my heart just started really getting uh, connected with them. And I felt very clearly from the Lord, all of a sudden, out of the blue, that I was supposed to work with them. So, and me and the guy who are in charge, whose also name is David, uh, we randomly just had a conversation one day where we could both kind of tell we were trying to feel each other out. We were trying to see, and I was like, are you trying to ask me to come to Awaken the Dawn? Because I'm trying to ask you if I should come to Awaken the Dawn. And we didn't really know that the other was thinking that way. And so we realized from that point, the Lord's doing something. And so in September, I told Rick, uh, which was like telling my dad I was moving out. It was so weird, like, you know. 
And uh, he was super supportive. And so it was a great transition. We did a, a good long six month. I don't suggest ever doing a transition like that, but I did a six month transition while working for Awake in the Dawn and working for Morningstar, both full time. It was crazy. Uh, but we did a six month transition and I left staff position at Morningstar in January. And now I'm officially with Awake in the Dawn. And uh, it's just, it's been a great um, time. We just got finished doing an event in Kansas City that was a literal fulfillment of prophecy. I could go into that and blow your mind, but Bob Jones, I'll give you a little brief thing. Bob Jones prophesied to Mike Bickle back in the 80s that IHOP, how many of you guys know IHOP International House of Prayer? IHOP would be given a piece of property called the Truman property for free uh, and, and that it would be a fulfillment of prophecy uh, and that it would be a place to pray for Israel and all this kind of stuff. Well, fast forward 20 years later, Mike Bickle gets given that very property for free. Okay, it was this whole crazy way this happened. And then Bob Jones' word was that there would be a flood that would happen. He said a flood uh, of 5,000 that would happen on the property and that the first event would be this huge, you know, like a crazy worship and prayer event, but it would be insane how it happened. Well, Awaken the Dawn was the first event. There were 5,000 people registered and it was called the flood. It's just the craziest stuff. And we didn't know that word. And so it was like, it's the craziest stuff happening. And so anyway, it's this whole fulfillment of prophecy all the way through Bob Jones prophesied this procession that would happen from that property to the stadium. That happened. And then we let it, it's just, it's this wildness. It's just, you, you look back at it and you're like, wow, this is like biblical level. But anyway, uh, so we just got finished doing that. Uh, we had 5,000 people registered. I think at one point we had way more than that there. Uh, and it was like, it felt like Woodstock. It was so hot. We were in the tent. We were sweating. It was gross. The porta potties stunk. And it was in the tent. And you were like, oh, you were trying to, you're trying to worship, but you couldn't get over the smell. But anyway, um, all that to say, Ruth, you were there, right? You, you, yeah, it was, it was wild. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of what I'm doing. And so I just wanted to give you guys an update on that. But I want to say this, Morningstar will forever be family to me. Uh, Rick, I always, if he likes it or not, I call him my spiritual dad. He always tells a joke about how I lived in his house for two years and he never knew it. It's true. You, get, you, could, you can hear him tell the story. I lived with his family and in his house for two years, and he never realized it. And that's just, if you know Rick, you, that makes sense. But anyway, uh, and it's a true story. So uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I'm doing. I just wanted to give you guys an update. So I don't want to keep you guys too long today, uh, but I want to just talk about something because I felt like it was appropriate uh, to talk about this on the day of Pentecost, and that is uh, hunger. And I feel like the Lord is constantly wanting to remind us to be hungry for him. Now, I do feel that hunger and the term hunger has been uh, a little bit skewed in a religious way. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I feel like there's been this pressure put on the church, especially in the charismatic church, where it's like, are you hungry? Get hungry. Like, oh, blah, blah. And it's turned from hunger to, into striving. I'm not saying strive, people, okay? Like, if I hear one more message where, or if I hear one more pastor look at somebody and be like, how many hours do you spend uh, in prayer a day? And the person's like, oh, you know, whenever I can. They're like, minimum of two hours, and you need to be reading six chapters of the Bible every day. I'm just done with that religious garbage, 
because that's what it is. And if that's how you function, I'm sorry, but you need to change. Because here's the thing, the Lord is not looking for a score sheet of what you can do. He's looking for your heart. He's looking for a hungry heart that isn't about obligation, but it's more about uh, your, your genuine, natural, organic love towards him that isn't in a sense of checking off a list so you can feel spiritually elite. I'm, I, I, we, we need to be done playing the spiritually elite level up game. Where does that get you? Nothing. It gets you a whole lot of knowledge and it gets you a whole lot of like, look at me, I'm so spiritual. But zero relationship and zero actual like com- communion with, with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus and with the Father. Instead, you're just worried about checking off your list. That's not hunger. That's striving. Do you get what I'm saying? And so I feel like the Lord is, is, is asking us to actually be hungry. I want to say one thing that Rick Joyner said that changed my life. And I think it offended a lot of people. And it's really hard to offend me like, uh, especially like, you know, religious kind of stuff. But even I had a little bit of the religious spirit be like, what did you just say? <laughs> and that, that takes a lot. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it was this Rick got up and I'll do my best Rick Joyner impression. Okay. You know, that's kind of how he talks. And he got up and he was like, you know, <clears throat> he does that a lot. He's like, you know, some of you guys are praying way too much. And I remember the whole crowd was like, ha ha, you know, that awkward, like, oh, what, what? You know, kind of like, like, but he was like, some of you guys are praying way too much. He's like, you guys need to stop praying so much. And you could just feel the religious spirit just being like, excuse me, sir, what did you just say? <laughs> like, I, I pray hours a day. I need to pray more. You know, all this kind of stuff. But this is what was cool about it. He said, some of you are praying too much because you're praying out of striving And he said, I want to challenge you guys to do something. He's like, I want you to cut that prayer, that two hours of prayer you're doing a day, down to five minutes. And I want you to to do that until you cannot take it anymore and you've got to add on another five. And then you got to add on a, a, a 30 minutes. And it's like this organic, true hunger that develops. And he's like, it will change your life. So I started to try it. Okay, because listen, I'll be honest with you. I've never been a two-hour-a-day prayer guy. Maybe I, I was when I was a teenager, when I had time. <laughs> but like, I've got kids and a job now. Like, I just pray throughout the day, which is actually more biblical because it says pray without ceasing. Let's talk about that. It doesn't say pray for two hours. It says pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing is communion with God. It, get out this religious like thing where it's like you got to be like, you know, for two hours, actually just, just commune with God change your life. Live a life with God instead of living moments with God. Change your life. Anyway, so he said that, and, um, and man, I was like, man, I'm going to try this out, and it really worked. And I heard from others, it really worked. They were like, wow, I like was intentionally cutting down my prayer life to the point where I just needed more and more and more. And every person I talked to, including myself, it went from trying to fulfill hours to this was life. This is what I, I am. I wake up, I'm talking to the Lord. And let me really challenge you. I'm doing things I know I'm not supposed to do and I'm talking to the Lord. Okay, let's stop lying to ourselves and think we can only talk to the Lord when we're living holy. 
a lot of us do some dumb stuff and we need to be talking to the Lord. (laughs) Do you get what I'm saying? But for some reason, we place it in this religious way that we can only talk to the Lord in this upright state. No, it's like, we're, we're human beings, people. We sin. We got, we got to like say, Lord, help me. Help me get out of this. Like I've talked to so many people that have been so churched all their lives that they feel they're too far gone to approach the Lord. And so therefore they run or they get bitter or they get angry. We need to start. We need, this isn't preaching a sloppy grace. This is preaching that you need to commune with the Lord in wherever you're at, but say, Lord, make me holy as you are holy. Change me, show me what I need to do. It's not just, Lord, let me live whatever way I want to live, but realize that you actually, you have stuff and say, Lord, through the power of the cross, help me change and be transformed. Give me a hunger for that. Give me a hunger for your spirit to be truly know who you are, what you're like, and what you want in my life. That's real hunger. And so we got to get out of this place of duty into relationship. And when we, when we get into relationship, we're going we're gonna to see that the hunger is organically happening and we're not just checking boxes. Does that make sense? All right. So I want to read First uh, Peter 2. 2. Uh, this is from uh, the Passion Translation. It says, in the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished, and strong for life. So, you know, I, I, I just feel like it's so clear in the scripture, and this is something I say to people all the time, especially my students, um, you know, when I have students, uh, is they always are like, uh, you know, where do I get the answers in life? And, you know, blah, blah, and I'm always just like, read the Bible. They're like, how do I cultivate hunger? Read the Bible. Let me point you to First Peter, Two, two, where it says in this, it just it just says, be hungry like a baby, practically. I mean, literally, like if you want to put it in layman's terms, it says, be hungry like a baby. What happens when babies don't eat? They cry. They let you know. They are knocking at the door. They're like, I'm hungry. Like I've got a one and a half year old, whatever. This boy wakes up from a nap, and all he says is. Snack, 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 bar, bar, bar. That means a breakfast bar, you know, and like all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, here's your freaking snack. Just shut up, you know. But I think that's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to be that hungry where we're like, more, more, please. I need, I need food, 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 food. And so that's, that's the clarity that he gives in the word. He literally gives an example, such an example to where parents especially know the pain of the example that he's giving. That he's saying, crave food like an infant. So in other words, it's insatiable. You cannot be full. You drink your bottle, you want another bottle. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you drink your snack or you eat your snack, you want another snack. You just like, how do you fit more food in you? And will you please stop telling me that you want it. I mean, I think that's what the Lord is telling us, how he wants to approach him, how he wants us to approach him is by being clear and being persistent and saying, I want the, the goodness. I want all that you have for me. I don't want to be satisfied. Does that make sense? So if you ever ask, okay, how does the Lord want us to be? He says, like a child, like an infant, hunger in that way. And so I just pray that we will have that 
uh, that hunger. And that's, and by the way, that's not, um, that's not just for the manifestations of God. I, I think the charismatic church sometimes leans a little too much into that where it's like, I just want to manifest. Okay, then what happens? Are you changed? Like, I'm, I'm tired of being in these meetings where they're like, I just want an impartation. I'll ask people straight up, for what? I, I'll just say, I'll say, what's, what's your end goal? Well, I just want to shake. No, thank you. <laughs> Moving on. But do you want to be changed? Do you get up from those, you know, do you get up from, from that and like have real change? Because I've been in some of these things where they're just like, let's get drunk in the spirit. And they're still terrible people. <laughs> you get what I mean? And so it's like, it's like what's, we got to really be careful with that. However, if we're asking the Lord, Lord, I'm hungry for you to encounter the real you, which in most of the time doesn't look like the way we think it's going to look. Like we think it's all about manifestations, but, but really it's actually about him transforming us more into him, more into his likeness. Maybe that's being nice. Maybe that's being filled with peace. Maybe that's being filled with joy. Maybe that's just, you know, getting knowledgeable of his word. It's not just hungry for the outward things. It's hungry for internal transformation. That's real hunger. So I love, I was talking to one of my students one time and he was real upset because we were having like a little moment in the school, excuse me, uh, where the Lord was really showing up for like several months you know, to the point where we would have meetings, people couldn't stand, people couldn't walk. This was a couple of years ago. Um, and it was mainly happening in our worship school and it, it, no explanation of why or how it was happening. But anyway, he was really kind of getting bummed because he was like, man, something must be wrong with me. I'm not encountering the Lord. Um, and I said, what makes you say that? And he was like, well, you know, this guy can't get up. This other guy's like bad like a sheep, you know, or whatever. And I, I want to do that. And I was like, and, and I, I said, I said, You're, you are different. I said, what if the Lord is meeting you in a different way? And he was like, what do you mean? And I said, you are really, this kid, this kid was really knowledgeable. He loved to read. He loved, he loves thinking about things. He's really, um, you know, I can't think of the word, but studious in a, in a way. And I said, uh, has the, have the scriptures been coming alive to you lately? Have, has pondering on the Lord? And he's like, yeah. And I said, there you go. He's been meeting you right there. He's like, that has really been a lot more. I said, it doesn't always have to look like this. Being hungry for the Lord and then encountering the Lord and him responding doesn't always have to look like, you know, it's, he might be seeing something just like I was telling you, man, like in, in dreams, he might begin to show you and encounter you in a dream. He might begin to give you peace. Like me, I'm a very anxious person. I'm constantly thinking that something's wrong with me. A low-key hypochondriac. Like, you know, like seriously, I have a hangnail. I'm web, I'm web MD in that thing. And I'm like, it's cancer. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. Um, and, and like the, the Lord just giving me peaceful, sound thoughts. I'm in revival, you know, you know what I mean? But like that, that's me being hungry for him and encountering him and like we got to stop putting him in this box and seeing that he actually encounters all of us differently and responds to our hunger in different ways so that takes us being aware that he actually is 
doing the work and doing the thing and responding to our request, but it might not look like the way we think it's supposed to look. Does that make sense? And so I just want you to, to know that, yes, we are supposed to be pursuing the Lord and going after him and being insatiable like an infant and saying, give me more, give me more, but then also being open to what it looks like. Because guess what? He knows what we need better than we know what we need. So often when we want to be on the ground shaking, he actually wants us maybe to sit and be still. Do you get what I mean? And so anyway, it's just, it's a great way to, to, to really know and say, Lord, I, I, I want to be so hungry for you that I am good with whatever you feed me. Whatever, whatever you want to, 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 to place inside of me, I want that. And get rid of the preconceived ideas and let him do what he does. <clears throat> All right, I want to read... Um, Psalms 81.10 it says, I am your only God, the living God. Wasn't I the one who broke the strongholds over you and raised you up out of bondage? Open your mouth. See, Margaret, I, I totally forgot this was even in here. So this is the scripture. It says, open your mouth with a mighty decree and I will fulfill it now. You'll see, that rhymed. The words that you speak, so shall it be. That rhymed again. Man, God is a poet and you didn't even know it. Whoa. Uh, um, anyway, but often, again, the Lord lays it out clearly in scripture. If you're hungry and you want the Lord to fill your mouth, what does he say? Open your mouth and he will fill it. I think you can look into that in multiple ways. You can look into that as, as this, open your mouth, make your request known. Because a lot of times I think, and especially talking with a lot of people, they're like, man, I want the Lord to do this. And I'm like, have you ever really expressed that to the Lord? And they're like, no. Make your request known. Open your mouth and he will fill it. I think number two, this is what this looks like, vulnerability. S you know, singing is a vulnerable thing, okay? If you're a singer, if you're not a singer, or expressing yourself in that way is, is a vulnerable thing. I think the Lord is saying, open up and I will fill those places. Open your mouth and I will surely fill it. And so I think some of you guys need to get in that place of vulnerability, even if it's kind of like scary, even if you don't know, you know how to approach it, you need to be able to open your mouth and let him fill it. Some of you are actually afraid that if you get vulnerable with the Lord, you'll expose yourself in some kind of way. It's kind of a crazy way to think. How many of you guys have ever caught yourself low-key kind of trying to lie to yourself and God? Well, come on, I know, it's true. You're praying and you're like, hey, yeah, I don't struggle with that. God's like, why are you lying? I already know I'm God. <laughs> and so here's what we need to do. Just bring your true self. He is not afraid of your true self. He is not afraid of the, the ugly and the, the bad. He's not just looking for the good. He's looking for the good, bad, and the ugly. And he wants all of you, and he's saying, open your mouth, and I will fill it. I will give you all the things that you need, and I will take out all the things that you don't. All you have to do is open up. And so that's what I feel like he's calling us into in this, in this time is to open up and be a people of hunger and be a people that say, whatever you have, do it. But I'm gonna open up. 
The third thing I, I do want to say is specifically singing. I've got a whole teaching on this, but the Lord loves singing. He specifically calls it out several times in scriptures, several times. He loves when people sing. So I've heard some people, respected people, love them to death, but pretty much say that, you know, if you don't bring a talent to the Lord that is like, well, you know, all that kind of stuff that he doesn't want to hear it. I do not agree with that. Uh, I, now, I do think he holds musicians and artists to a, uh, you know, a standard and says, come up higher, be excellent, yes. However, he loves every person's song. He ain't, you know, he's not looking and, and being like, eh, you were a little pitchy there. Um, so I would rather you not do that. Like, it's not like we're going to get to heaven and he's like, hey, you lived a great life. However, you, you sang off key. <laughs> so I'm, you know, the, the latch and you start to fall. You know, I don't think that's what's going to happen. But I've actually heard that. And I just want to say, that's just, a, that's just no, that's not, that's not correct. The Lord loves your song, and he says several times in Scripture, commands it, actually, for people to sing. And then you can see in different examples in Scripture that the Lord responds to singing. The walls of Jericho, that wasn't just shouting, that was singing. Paul and Silas in the prison, they were singing. I mean, th listen, he loves the song of the Lord. And I'm imagining that Paul and Silas could not sing. I just, from what I'm imagining, I bet they were terrible. Like, I, I view them like as, like as like a Rick Joyner and a Bill Johnson getting, getting imprisoned and those two singing. Like, I sat next to Rick. I know that man can't sing. If you're watching Rick, I'm just going to expose you. You can't sing. All right. But anyway, all that to say is he loves people's songs. I have been in services where I put the mic in somebody's face, had them sing spontaneously. It sounded like cats putting their claws on a chalkboard and the presence of God shows up stronger than Kim Walker Smith singing. You get what I mean? Like these people, it doesn't matter. He loves your song. And so when he's saying literally open your mouth and, and I'll fill it, he's saying sing to me, worship me, and then I'll show up and I'll fill you with all of the good things and the best thing, which is my spirit. So, <clears throat> let, me, uh, let me read this. Luke 1, 53. This is about not being satisfied. It says, those who hunger for him will always be filled, but the smug and self-satisfied, he will send away empty. So I think this is a really good scripture because it says it, it's two things that you can take away from it, is that those who hunger for him will always be filled. In other words, we will never be left wanting. But the cool thing is, this is why the kingdom of God is upside down. We will never be left wanting. However, we want that gift of hunger that makes us want. Does that make sense? Like being, that's the cool thing about the Lord. It doesn't make a ton of sense because it says you'll never be left wanting. However, we want the desire to where we always want to be wanting. That's what's so cool about the Lord is like, I've got everything you need, but there's more. And he wants to, when we're aware of that, we're gonna, it, like I said, there's an insatiable hunger. You're just like, oh my God, I know there's more. I can encounter this for an eternity. This is just a taste. I don't know if I can, can take one more bite, but my goodness, I'm going to, if I can. Like, like, give me another course, God. Like, let's do this. And so, you know, that's what's so awesome about it. But here's the warning about this scripture. It says, but the smug and self-satisfied, he will send away empty. To me, this is the religious spirit. 
because smug just reminds me of religious spirit. How many of you guys ever grew up in religious churches? You get what I mean? And smug is a good way to describe it. You know, everyone's just kind of like, you know, like, oh, that person's expressing himself. Yikes. You know, like, uh, like oh, the, the, the Lord is moving. Ugh, you know, um, but, but the Lord says very clearly in scripture, he will send away the smug and self-satisfied, empty. We don't want to be that. So one thing in cultivating hunger in our lives is that we want to keep ourselves in check that we are never in that place. And I think that's one thing we have to be really aware of as, as Christians, as those who believe in the gifts of the Spirit, is that yes, hunger and being spiritually aware is amazing, but we got to keep ourselves in check that we don't get prideful, we don't get religious, we don't get caught up in, in being smug, we don't look at other churches like I was mentioning earlier in worship and say, oh, well, they're not as spiritual as us and blah, blah, because this is the thing. The Lord wants us to operate as a body, not to be like these siloed entities that are doing their own little thing. And so we don't want to get smug while pursuing the Holy Spirit because as he says in scripture, he will send us away. But instead, we want to be those who hunger for him in the purest way, which is just saying, Lord, do what you want to do, however that looks like. And then he said that we will always be filled. So it's, again, if you're looking for the answer of how to live a hungry life, just look at the scriptures. He, he literally lays it out for us so simply. It's a beautiful thing. All right, I'm gonna uh, just say a couple more things and then we'll be done. John 6, 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Come every day to me and you will never be hungry. Believe in me and you will never be thirsty. Yet I've told you that even though you've seen me, you still don't believe in me. But everyone my father has given to me, they will come and all who come to me, I will embrace and I'll never turn them away. So I think this is, this is huge for us too, is that in this lifestyle of cultivating hunger, it's gotta be revisited every day, every day. So one of the things that I think really helped me in the past several years is realizing that a lot of times in life, like I, I kind of grew up, let me, let me give this premise here. I grew up under the, um, the thought process, like I would go to camp, right? Any you ever went to like those Christian camps? You go to camp and like you kind of live your, your bad life that whole year. And then at camp, you'll get transformed and then you're good for the rest of the year. Did, did everyone ever live that kind of like mindset? I did. Okay, so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to camp, do the whole thing. The guy's gonna pray for me. I'm gonna fall out. I'll wake up sinless, pure, spotless, walk back home, and then kind of, you know, I'll be good for the, rest of, for the rest of the year. But as I got older and like had actual reality hit me, to, to sustain my hunger and my devotion to the Lord, I actually have to address it every single day. I have to assess it every single day. I make mistakes. I do things I'm not supposed to do. I get angry, I get whatever. I have to go that next morning or whatever and just be like, Lord, help. I, I wanna get closer to you or Lord, uh, uh, I'm doing great or Lord, I'm not doing great or whatever. But it's not this thing where it's just like, hey, God, huh, huh, what Lord? Um, it's not this thing that uh, you just put on a shelf and say, okay, we're done, I'm good. But it's really, it's something you have to cultivate. It's like a relationship, because it is a relationship. 
You have to cultivate it every day. You got to see where we at. You got to see, okay, I could do better today or I did this wrong or, you know, whatever. But it's, I have to assess my place with the Lord, assess my hunger. Am I actually pursuing him? Is there things in the way? Are there, are there things I, I need to change? Are there, you, get what, you get what I'm saying? And so it, it helped me change my mindset because for some reason I was thinking it just went from encounter to encounter. But the encounter is not the important part. It's the relationship that's happening on a daily basis. It's that cultivating that hunger. And so I, I think as Jesus lays out, he says, come every day to me and you will never be hungry. So in other words, he's not saying, come to church on Sunday and encounter me and you're good. He said every day, a lifestyle. I think that's the, one of the most underlined points in the Bible that we forget is that Jesus is calling us to a lifestyle not moments. He's not calling us to a religion. He's calling us to a relationship. He's not calling us to even a church. He's calling us to a body. Does that make sense? Like we got it twisted for some reason. Everything has to do with like what church are you involved in? How much time are you spending a day in prayer and blah, blah, blah. That stuff isn't, isn't what we're going after. What we're going after is to be in love with Jesus, to get people saved. Repeat. That's it. That's literally why we're on the earth. The great commandment is love me, love others, and make other people do the same thing. For some reason, we've turned the great commandment into get a big church and a big Instagram following and like then sell your product and do this and blah, blah, and barely talk about me. Let's really talk about that because that's where we are in church a lot. Talk about everything else except for Jesus and the gospel and then sell your product and be famous and rich. That's what we think the Great Commission is these days. No, it is to love the Lord your God, love others. Repeat, 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 repeat. And if we forget that, we're off. And so that's, that's one of those things that we've got to look at is that every day, Lord, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I hungry for you? Am I living according to your word? And that's how we cultivate that hunger. And so I, I believe that the Lord on this day that we celebrate the day of Pentecost made a way for us to be able to sustain that hunger through the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, they gathered together from a promise from the Lord, from Jesus, who said, you know, I'm going to send a, a gift to, for you. And so they, they're up there waiting, praying in the upper room. And then what happens? A, a, like a, a sound of a mighty wind comes in, tongues of fire over their head, filled the Holy Spirit. And then from then on, the world has changed. The gospel is preached, miracles are happening, the Holy Spirit is present, and all that the Holy Spirit does and is meant to do is to help us and it points us to Jesus. It's amazing. It leads us to the, to the beauty and the reality of who Jesus is, sitting on the throne, ruling and reigning, and, and, and it's, it's amazing. And so I want to pray that as we talk about this hunger, as we talk about sustaining the hunger and, and cultivating hunger, that we would have the power and the gift of the Holy Spirit to keep us hungry, to, um, to, to, to activate the hunger in us, because hunger really is a gift. And it's something that you can ask for. I know that sounds strange. I've, I've, I've preached it several times where people are like, the gift of hunger? Like, but it's actually something you could pray for, like, Lord, make me hungry. Make me have an insatiable desire for you. Give me a hunger that I cannot even attain on my own. It doesn't make sense. 
It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense of how I could want something so much and yet I, 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 just, I just don't even know how to ask for it. That's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. That's why he allows us to pray in tongues. You want to get hungry? Pray in the Spirit. Say things that you don't even know you're saying. The utterances that you don't even know. That's what it's there for. So anyway, I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit would just, would just become so alive in us and, and really stir up this gift of hunger. So can we pray for that real quick before we end? Why don't we stand up? And uh, what, this is what I want you to do. If you can find someone next to you. Again, I'm all about standing together uh, because that's what we're meant to do. Many of us try to get through this life alone, especially in church, man. There are some lonely people in church. That should be the opposite. We should not have lonely people in church. We should have people that feel like they could stand with other people. And so that starts with praying with each other, letting people know like, hey, I got your back. Simple, simple as that. And so even now, as we're praying that the, the Holy Spirit would give us this gift of hunger, we're gonna do it together. So if you can find somebody next to you, that'd be awesome. Just pray with them. You can put your hand on their shoulder, whatever. Ask permission always. Um, and then uh, let's, uh, let's just pray. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would give us a desire for you and a desire for uh, the more of Jesus. And Lord, we pray that you would give us a hunger that we cannot attain on our own. Lord, a hunger that almost haunts us to know more of you. Lord, when we veer off, that that hunger would pull us back. When we are um, sleeping, that we would be so hungry for you that we would dream of you. Lord, that we would be hungry. We would be so hungry, Lord, that even when we're doing things we're not supposed to do, we can't get you out of our mind. Lord, get us Give us hung, hunger for that, Lord. I pray that you would give us hunger that would sustain beyond the highs and lows, Lord. Into old age, we pray for that hunger that would get more and more, as Misty Edwards says all the time, Lord, she wants to be more hungry, Lord, in, in, in her 70s and 80s than she was in her 20s. Lord, I, I pray that you would continue to do that, Lord. Let the hunger increase. Lord, let the hunger for your presence increase, and Lord, let the activation of the Holy Spirit increase in our lives, Lord, to where it is constantly leading us. He's leading us to Jesus. He's leading us to the reality of you. Lord, I, I pray that we wouldn't try to walk in perfection, but we would, we would try to walk in holiness, which is getting closer to you. Lord, no striving, but Lord, a, an, an ability to, to love you in a real way and to know you in a real way. So Lord, we pray that there would be no striving. We pray that we wouldn't be uh, th these religious, uh, you know, people looking to, to check off boxes, but Lord, there would be a real hunger for the real Jesus. And so, Lord, we ask for that. And Lord, we pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit on this day of Pentecost that you would point us to you and that you would cause a hunger in us that would be insatiable and that would increase every day. Lord, give us the ability to check in and to, to, to pursue you on a daily basis. I pray that you would do this specifically for this church. Lord, for Morningstar Wilmington, that there, this place would be known for hunger. Lord, I pray that there, this place would be known for hunger and that it would be contagious all throughout the city. Lord, I pray that this would be a unifier in the city. 
Lord, that, that, that hungry hearts would come here from different churches and they wouldn't leave and, and, and be talking about, oh, you know, Morningstar Wilmington, but they would, be, they would leave and say, man, I encountered the Holy Spirit at this church and we need to encounter the same thing. There's more, there's more. And so, Lord, I pray that this would be a fire starter and a unifier within the city that this church would be a hungry, hungry place that, that, that would be contagious. And so, Lord, right now, we just, we ask for that, and we pray that you would do the work. You would fulfill your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for having me.